Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This week, recreational use of marijuana will go into effect across Minnesota. Now, if you haven't read up on the new law, what should we know about expanded use of the drug? Well, to take us through the details, we welcome Charlene Breiner to the show. And she's the implementation coordinator for the state's new Office of Cannabis Management. And she joins us now on John Schuster Caldwell Baker Hotline. How are you, Charlene? May I call you Charlene? Of course you may. It's nice to be with you tonight. It's great to have you. Implementation coordinator. (laughs) That's pretty heavy, man. So how did you feel when you found out that you were chosen? (laughs) I keep trying to leave state government. I've been around for a while. I was the deputy commissioner at the Department of Education, and then I left to start my own business. I came back for a stint as the deputy at uh, the Department of Human Services. They kept uh, they kept calling me back. I've done a stint as an interim director at the Racing Commission, and now I'm standing up the Cannabis Management Office. So I um, I feel a little bit like a boomerang, but the good news is that I know the language of state government, and I know how to navigate it pretty quickly. I love to hear that. Now tell me, do you feel strongly that this whole cannabis situation is the thing we need to do? You know, the law has been signed by Governor Walsh. It's going to go into effect on August 1st. I think that I feel I I wasn't part of negotiating the bill, but I watched it from the outside. And I do think that attitudes around cannabis have changed. We're not the first state to do this. We're not even among the first 10 states to do it. Nearly half of states were the 23rd. So nearly half of states in the United States have made the decision that cannabis should be legal and that we should be lifting the criminal sanctions that have really caused a lot of harm to both individuals and communities across the state. What are you hearing from I think it's a good thing for Minnesota in terms of providing new opportunities and some uh, harm reparation. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing for me. I don't mind it at all. I think that we can live together (laughs) with this new law. and It's okay as long as we all understand it. Do we have a a committee that is ready to go out and about into the communities, door-to-door if you have to, to make sure that everyone understands what it really means in this law? Well, I think that we're doing as much as uh, as much public information and outreach as we can. One thing that's really important, we have a good source of information with the new Office of Cannabis Management website. Uh, so people should take a look at that. It's got a lot of detailed information about what's allowed, what's not. I don't think that going door to door is necessarily something that is going to be uh, 
uh, practical or necessarily beneficial. I think that there's a lot of information uh, in our a lot of news outlets. I think that there's a lot of information publicly available. And I think that people know that um, they can use common sense and good judgment. And this is for people who choose to consume and choose to use it. So it's not a mandate. It's not for everybody. Certainly, just like alcohol is not for everybody. It's a choice that adults over the age of 21 can make. So what is the first thing you would do um, when this comes up and people are in cafes and diners trying to figure it out? They're talking about it. Would you be mm-hmm. one at a table, even if you were alone, and would you get up if you heard the conversation begin and they didn't understand it? Would you get up and go over to that table and try to explain it to them? <laughs> I don't think I would unless somebody asked me. I'm not, in, um, I'm not accustomed to just inserting myself into conversations. However, in a casual conversation with people who would have questions for me, I would certainly share what I know about it. Oh, excellent. Okay, so recreational marijuana. Some of us don't really know what that means. Can you give us that definition? <laughs> it's, um, we use the term, actually, rather than recreational, we've started to use the term adult use because we want to make very clear this is for people over the age of 21. Mm-hmm. It is the cannabis that you're accustomed to that uh, – Listen, I'm of a certain age, and throughout the 70s and 80s, people were consuming cannabis illegally. It is the same product. It is, uh, it is now in a lot of expanded forms. So people used to think about just smoking uh, a joint. Uh, there are uh, cannabis drinks and edibles and tinctures and oils. There's also medical cannabis, which people right. can get a prescription for. So it is a, a substance that people choose to use both recreationally and therapeutically derived from the marijuana plants that many of us are familiar with seeing, at least in pictures or uh, in images. You know, in my own life, in my own heart, I really think mm-hmm. that this is much better than alcohol, right? I think that we mm-hmm. have more challenges with alcohol than we do with recreational cannabis. But there are many people who would disagree with me mm-hmm. on that and have. Um, so I'm really curious about the law that mandates the um, expungement, expungement of all misdemeanor mm-hmm. marijuana offenses and creates a cannabis expungement board. How many people will be on that board? So um, I have to be very clear that the Office of Cannabis Management will not be running the expungement process or the Cannabis Expungement Board. That will actually happen with the Department of Corrections, right, because it, it impacts people who have intersected with and who have both level and more serious offenses related to cannabis. So the Department of Corrections will be taking two two separate tracks. One is the automatic expungement of low-level offenses, and there's nothing that people have to do to get that expungement. That will be processed through the Department of Corrections and uh, the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. And then the second part is this expungement board that will take a look at the more complicated or people with higher level offenses, and people will be able to have their case heard, and that expungement board will make a decision about whether or not those uh, those cases should be expunged. That's going to take a little time to stand up. Uh, the automatic piece of it is really a matter of writing the computer code, um, and then the expungement board will be appointed and be standing up within. I, I'm not even certain what the timeline is through the Department of Corrections, but I know it's going to be they're working at a – at a quick pace, just like we are over on the implementation side. 
So here's the thing for me that um, is challenging. Um, when it comes to the age group, right, there are some teenagers mm-hmm. that look older than 21. There are mm-hmm. teenagers that are already really interested in it and want to get going. And we know that there are bad agents who want to make sure that they can sell this to children. It, it keeps on going, right? It, it never seems to end. And I'm just curious to know, your job, and, and is that what you are to do, is to make sure that children are safe, the teenagers are safe? Absolutely. So the bill is very clear that youth possession by a minor is not allowed under the law. Just like you have to be 21 to buy a case mm-hmm. of beer or to buy a bottle of wine, you have to be 21 to consume cannabis or to possess cannabis. Number two, if you are a retailer, and again, we're talking about building a regulated market. So what we've seen is this illegal or illicit market, and we're trying to transfer to a safe, reliable, regulated market. People will get business licenses to operate, to cultivate, to manufacture, and to sell in a dispensary or other retail setting. And it is illegal for a retailer to sell cannabis to anyone under the age of 21. And there are criminal penalties for violating that law. So safety of children and youth and the community at large is runs through the entire bill and the way that it was structured. So a lot of people will go outside because not everyone is wants to inhale that smoke, right? So I was mm-hmm. really happy to read that smoking will also be allowed outside anywhere. It isn't prohibited by the state's Clean Indoor Act. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. That gives me a lot of clarity, and I don't have to worry about my oldest grandchild, okay? <laughs> right, exactly. So anywhere that you cannot smoke a cigarette indoors, you cannot consume cannabis indoors. So the same applications that you see with the Minnesota Clean Indoor Air Act. Additionally, in your community, it will be important for people to understand public use in their own community. So while the law itself is pretty expansive around uh, public places where you can consume, where you can smoke or vape, local cities can develop their own policies and ordinances to prohibit it. So, for instance, you see a lot of communities where smoking is not allowed in a public park. They may choose to update their policies to include smoking or vaping of cannabis. So it's really important to know that local communities have the ability to enact the same sort of laws that they already do when it comes to cigarette smoke. We also see on television often in different states that there's so much marijuana right now. There's so many people that are mm-hmm. growing it. Um, are you at all concerned about what is happening here? Will it, you know, being legal to grow cannabis at home? Uh, are, are we looking more to saying, no, you can't do it inside the house, but you can do it in a greenhouse or that sort of thing? Well, there are... Um there are limits in the law that allow people to grow at home. So people can have up to eight plants in their residence. Four of those can be mature or flowering uh, at one time. And so there are limits. And so uh, it's not that you can just open up your own greenhouse in the backyard and go to town. There are just like there are personal use and possession limits. There are Uh, limits to the amount of plants that you can grow and maintain in your own home or your own residence. 
It's remarkable uh, the knowledge that you have about this, and that really puts me at ease. So thank you for that. No, seriously. I've learned it fast. Let me tell you, I am new to this uh, like many Minnesotans, um, but I have gotten a great deal of reassurance by the broad range and scope of the bill and the, the questions that policymakers and advocates really addressed before even putting pen to paper to write the, to write the law. Yeah. Yeah, my father was killed by a drunk driver when I was 14 years old. Mm. And we miss him terribly even today. So I'm just curious to know what happens if uh, a driver is under the influence of cannabis. And, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming this would be a crime. Is that correct? It, same way. So it is illegal to drive under the influence, whether it's under the influence of alcohol or under the influence of cannabis or any other drug. Right. Driving while impaired is a violation of the law in Minnesota and local law enforcement, state patrol, state troopers will be monitoring uh, drivers for signs of impairment. There are um, there are millions of dollars in the law to do additional training and education for law enforcement to be able to identify signs of driver impairment. And so we believe that there are going to be some proactive steps taken to make sure that our roads are safe. We don't want any family to be in the same situation that yours is, certainly. Okay, um, here's my final question. I just want to make sure that... Um, it can be uh, so many young people that can find it and they start smoking and they get sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that particular batch is, was tainted with something. How do we make sure that what is we're putting in the state of Minnesota, what we're putting out there, that it will not be tainted? How do we make sure of that? Mm-hmm. So that's, again, that's one of the benefits of having a regulated licensed market. So there will be requirements for quality testing, um, limits in products, um, what a facility looks like and how they manufacture and the safety of those products. And so there's a lot of uh, precautions on the front end being taken to make sure that what we create are safe products that people can have some assurance uh, that they're purchasing something that's not got uh, unknown substances just that, you know, that's the hard thing about having a market that's not regulated. This will actually have a lot of quality control built in. We're going to be writing a lot of rules in the state, everything from product labeling to the way that we test at facilities to the kind of fertilizers that cultivators and growers use on their crops. And so there's going to be some pretty stringent measures to ensure the quality and the safety of the products that are available for sale. My goodness, some parents are definitely nervous about this. I'm even one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I just, I'm just going to keep reading about it. There is so much information mm-hmm. on this. Where can people go to get all this information that we are hearing about? So they can go to the Office of Cannabis Management at the state of Minnesota. It's www.cannabis.state.mn.us. And there is all kinds of information, everything from uh, what adult consumers should know, uh, information for people interested in starting a business, um, information for the general public about all the questions you had. One thing that I should share with you that I think, um, because I don't think you're alone, people are always worried about young people. Certainly, I've dedicated the bulk of my career to the health and safety and education of young people. I You know, you don't work at the Department of Education for eight and a half years in a leadership position without thinking deeply about what's good for children. But what we've seen in other states is that the onset of first use of cannabis and actual use of cannabis has dropped. When the market becomes legal 
it is less exciting and enticing to young people. And so we hope that we'll see the same thing in Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. I hope I can have you back on again. I think you are quite <laughs> remarkable. And you're so bold and you're going forward with this. There will be a lot of people in your face, a lot of people trying to pull it down. Um, and I really hope that you will stick and stay with it. We have to know well, for sure. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate it. I feel very lucky to be in on the ground floor of this, but I should also make very clear that I am in an interim role. I'm leading the search for the new director. So I'm standing up the office and doing some of the early work, but we will have a new leader who's going to be the face of this. Um, But until that time, I'd love to talk to you anytime with any additional questions you have or your listeners may have. I look forward to that. Charlene Briner is her name, Implementation Coordinator for the Office of Cannabis Management. Brand new office, and it is a woman in power. Thank you for joining (laughs) us tonight. I look forward to the next time. Thanks for having me on and for providing this great information for your listeners. Thank you so much. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.